Hello, and welcome to the latest Guernsey Green Finance podcast. Indeed, the final podcast of 2020, and what an amazing podcast series it's been. We've had some amazing figures, some amazing global figures from the world of sustainable green finance. And today, we're joined by Sally Rochester, Director at Deloitte. My name is Dr. Andy Sloan. I'm Deputy Chief Executive Strategy here at Guernsey Finance and established our working group on green finance, Guernsey Green Finance. Um, Sally, let's just jump straight in. It's been an amazing year, uh, 2021. I mean, Christ, where to start? Well, here we are in December. You're uh, been a member of our Green Strategy Working Group for, for a long time now. You know, we've got the, the Guernsey Green Finance Working Group. We've got the initiative Guernsey Green Finance. It's been an amazing year for us. And quite frankly, just to give a spoiler alert for our listeners today, what we're planning on doing is basically doing a quick tour de, tour de table of all the things that we've done in Guernsey uh, this year. Up, up, up. It's not all about us. It's uh, about everybody else too. And one thing I'd like to kick off with is that recent announcement um, by UK policymakers at the Green Horizon Summit or New Green Horizon Summit, which Guernsey Finance was very pleased to support. Um, a huge smorgasbord of new uh, policy initiatives and strategy initiatives from the UK confirming that you know, as far as Boris Johnson was concerned, the UK is going to be now front and centre of UK financial services or green financial services. So broadly, you know, your thoughts on that? Well, hello, Andy, and lovely to be talking to you today. Yes, the, the Green Horizon Summit was was a brilliant event, which gave, I think, a, a lot more clarity on the UK's desired role in green finance. Um, as, as I'm sure our listeners are aware, the UK are president for COP26 at the end of next year. Um, and it's great the UK government recognising that finance is key, with, with finance being one of the five central campaigns for, for COP26. Um, UK messaging similar to our messaging all along that public finance isn't enough to meet climate change goals and there's a need for private investment. And that's where Guernsey has positioned itself very well to, to support the flow of funds to you know, product projects, initiatives, businesses that are going to um, support our net zero global goals. But the UK acknowledged this weekend that the work we're doing is not enough to protect people and nature from climate change um, and there's still a lot of work to be done and uh, I think we in Guernsey are really well positioned to play our role in that. Yeah amazing stuff you know with Rishi Shalak you know committing to a UK sovereign or green sovereign bond you know like I said Johnson committing to put green finance at the centre of the UK or a financial services strategy and the announcement of the you know, finally confirmed that the UK plans to create its uh, its own uh, green taxonomy. So, I mean, like you said, it's very much aligned with what we've been doing in Guernsey over recent years. And, you know, quite frankly, we've learned a lot from uh, Uncle Blighty, as it were, uh, the UK Green Finance Initiative and, uh, and Sir Roger and Simon and the gang and Ria Marie have been very helpful to us over the years, you know, have guided us on this path, have given us a hand up and a leg up in certain respects. Um, and I know you've been in discussion with a lot of our green finance organisations locally about the green financial services strategy and how we in Guernsey can put it at the centre of our own finance strategy. So, I mean, could you maybe just take a sort of 180 degree view and now come to maybe where we're at here in Guernsey? Just a quick, sort of a quick temperature take, a summary of basically our, our offer and our ecosystem um, here in our, our Fair Isle. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure you'll pick up any pieces I miss. Um, so the private wealth workshop that we ran a few months ago was a, was a great new initiative to work with, you know, all those participants in the private wealth sector um, to, to understand uh, what more we can do to support them and their clients um, in progressing sustainable investments. Um, you, your you know, listeners will be aware that we have a, a Guernsey uh, Green Fund, which is well established now. It's, it was a World first regulated regulated fund, um, and there's a number of initiatives in the insurance sector as well to support um, sustainable investments. I think it's also important, you know, beyond the the products that Guernsey has to offer to support um, green finance to look at what we're doing here on the island and I think that's been a really exciting year for us as well. Uh, I'm delighted to be part of the Guernsey Green Forum which uh, is a is a collection of, of very well established um, significant employers on the island who want to work together to, to share best practice on um, environmental um, impact mitigation. Um, that forum's doing really well. There's a real diversity diversity of um, viewpoints and industry types in that. Uh, so great to see collaboration, which I think is a feature of green and sustainable finance more broadly um, at play here in Guernsey. Um, this is a sustainable finance initiative, which is run by our Chamber of Commerce here, which is to support uh, green and sustainable champions within local businesses with you know new information and thinking and sharing best practice, which is superb. Um, and I know that there's a number of parties talking about about what further educational courses and support we can provide to our businesses on the island across all spectrums to, to help us as an island um, put our best foot forward on, on the environment. And that, that, um, that sustainable business initiative, the, um, uh, the Guernsey, uh, the Business Alliance, the Green Alliance, mm. you're very key about that. That's, that's about, is that like, yeah, I hate to use the cliche, it's like walking the walk rather than just talking the talk. How yeah. successful has it been that within, within terms of firms looking at what they're actually doing themselves, their own footprint? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a really positive move, I think, for everybody involved because we all have our areas of expertise. But by sharing that, our, our understanding, uh, by sharing initiatives that different employers are undertaking, we all move together uh, much quicker um, to a place where we are minimising our carbon impact. I mean, I know my firm has made a, a global commitment to be net zero by 2030. Um, so you know, we will be able to bring all that we're doing um, to the businesses in Guernsey to really support the, the green finance and the environmental agenda. And also, I mean, don't be shy, I've seen you give presentations for the IOD. So I have, I have. And that was really inspiring, actually, because the level of knowledge in the room was already pretty good. But the quality of debate after the presentation really, uh, really impressed me. There was, there was a... Um, but both a level of understanding of the topic and a desire to act there within the room. Um, so I think we'll find, you know, despite um, various elements of green finance not being mandated on the islands, that there is a lot of action to be taken and there'll be uh, support for our government as they implement their net zero plan as well. What do you say about the government's net zero plan? So we've just had an election here in Guernsey. I don't think you know, that many listeners would be aware of that fact, quite frankly. Um, uh, and was there a, was there was there a noticeable sort of the in, in, increase in the sort of share of voice given to these issues by the the people that were standing and took power basically this time round? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, reading through the manifestos of all the prospective deputies, it was it was one of the top uh, topics in covered in manifestos. Um, I think there's some there's some great talent in our government that will be able to um, put in place some good building blocks for our net zero policy over the coming years. Um, and I think we're all excited about the um, profile that COP26 will give to government action. Um, and Guernsey's looking forward to playing its part in that. Okay, I mean, let's move off maybe the policy agenda for now and government action. But you you made the point earlier about um, you know, the, the need for private capital uh, to sort of be utilised in this stage to sort of uh, to root private capital to the cause of sustainability, and that's been a, a narrative that we've been trying to push ourselves as a jurisdiction all year. But you were part of our workshop, and again, you mentioned it earlier. You know, in terms of you know what uh, we were looking at, exploring what was going to be needed in this space to you know support others to to move uh, uh, this agenda forward. Can you recall? I mean, it's a bit of a while back now. It was the <laughs> summer, but you know, we've given you a heads up that we're asking you this question. But you know, some of the takeaways that we had from that workshop, and what do you understand that were the key barriers in the private wealth space to be? You know, the private wealth being our you know our bread and butter, as it were, as a jurisdiction. Yeah, well, it, it was a great workshop and, and again, characterised by a, a desire to act and an understanding of the significance of the topic. Um, the, the barriers were largely consistent with the with the um, UN view on uh, 21st century fiduciary duties, which is uh, a concern that it's not compatible with fiduciary duty in legislation as it stands to invest sustainably because there's this this fear that financial returns will be the only way in which fiduciaries are judged on whether they fulfilled their responsibilities. So there's definitely an education piece needed um, globally, but but also locally um, to help our fiduciaries understand uh, that those investment returns from sustainable portfolios um, are comparable with the portfolio that they run at the moment um, and that by you know, helping their um, their clients to make those, invest- those sustainable investment decisions that they won't be putting themselves at any risk. Um, there's obviously legislative and regulat- regulatory um, support that's needed to make that a reality. Um, and, and then there's the education piece. And I think our local kind of fiduciary sector support has been fantastic, as have the investment managers that service it in educating those in the fiduciary sector and private well sector on the opportunities that are there in front of us um, and there's definitely a demand from the next generation coming through to um, to move away from I will exclude these certain elements of investments uh, because they don't sit with my personal values um, through to actually I'll be proactive in investing in investments that are sustainable and align with the UN sustainable development goals so uh, education fiduciary duty and then the other element I think is very sound which is a concern that there might be greenwashing um, as as part of what they're doing and the lack of investment standards relating to ESG and there's no lack of standards sorry but the lack of consistency of standards means that I think most in the investment sector um, are struggling to determine what the benchmark is and and how to measure that and how to be absolutely confident that the investments that they're making are moving uh, in the right direction Um, so over time as those international standards and taxonomies start to align which I think we're seeing rapidly 
progress on anyway. That problem should resolve itself. But in the meantime, it's about having a you know, genuine understanding of what sustainable investment is and being able to support clients in that. And you talked about uh, client conversations and about, I think something that you talked to me in the past about the need to be proactive rather than reactive in yeah. the conversation. Be able to, in terms of, you know, this sounds very, um, very old school, but in terms of servicing client needs, mm. you know, the, the, the ability to engineer and have that conversation is something that, um, you know, it, it puts puts firms and people in a, in a better place to service their client needs. How would you see that? In a Guernsey context, Abby, you talked earlier about the, the IOD presentation that you were you were speaking at, and you're pleasantly surprised about the level of knowledge there. I mean, but yeah. in terms of what I'd say core skills, what, what's required to be ensuring that you're, you're having that conversation in the right manner appropriately? You know, what from a Guernsey perspective do we probably bring to the table? Yeah, well, I mean, we have, I think we, we've probably talked about this in podcasts previously but as a jurisdiction we have excellent risk management and governance skills and they're the building blocks for this you know to to be able to apply that skill set that our, our fiduciaries and our financial services industry more broadly have to this topic puts us in a really confident position and and having these conversations is about about confidence and it's an opportunity it's a differentiator um and our you know our progressive fiduciary sector is is keen to um to take this opportunity to provide service to clients for the next generation that that is what they want and to help guide them and inform them um to make the right make right decisions in, in the future but you know recognizing that there is an element of, of servicing clients and their needs and if those needs in terms of sustainable finance are there so be it but you know we we are able and uh, look forward to having those conversations where where the need and desire is there mm. i mean because you made that point about there being you know, three different attributes this greenwashing education and the, the fiduciary duty of the un or the un's 21st century fiduciary duty um sort of thematic i mean you called it Quite clearly, you know, and, and, you know, to use the old Americanism, but they've called it quite early in that respect. But when you come to a common law jurisdiction like ourselves, it's probably, uh, and again, a, and a jurisdiction that applies rigidly standards and adheres to standards and is a good, good, good compliance culture, mm. the need to manage quite uh, securely that risk yeah. is something that probably is well, not, well, not sufficiently well known and understood out with the island, as it were. So the two points you make, risk risk management and governance, I mean, I've, I've written those down now. And I mean, that, that's clear, I think, two basic building blocks that I think is going to be on everything uh, on which the house will need to be built. In terms of fiduciary duty, you were doing a lot of research earlier this year. Is there any you know, specific um, uh, sort of... Also surprises that are probably not the, not the right word, but uh, but in terms of you know the, the specific tools specifically that maybe uh, the trusted corporate sector should be you know maybe down the line that we should be looking to you know to provide and support them. Yeah, so I I think there's. Um... One of the points I made previously was about legislation and and giving fiduciaries permission to pursue sustainable investment. Um, and we've been working on the islands on on a trustee that does just that. So the trustee being the formative document for the vehicle, um, you know, that's to to have a trustee that is explicit on that permission gives the fiduciaries the protection that they need to to pursue that investment strategy. And also, you know, it is a tool to be clear about goals 
with those that you're providing trustee services for. So, you know, clarity of expectation and requirements. Sorry? So I was just writing down clarity. That's- oh, are you excellent? <laughs> I'm on. I'm on the right message then. Um, yeah, that's an important tool to be able to to define the, the trustee in a way that's going to support our, our trustees. I think the other element to this is oh, that I found very interesting in talking to fiduciaries is the amount of kind of ESG activities that they are doing within their businesses already, and the interest that prospective clients have in whether they as businesses are walking the walk and I think in the future um, and before not long uh, that fiduciary and you know asset servicing clients are going to be looking to you know present um, for their clients how they consider these elements within their business as well as how they consider these elements in the way that they service their clients needs. Hmm. I'm going to go a bit off I mean, I mean, when I was talking about writing down clarity, I was meaning with a mind meld. I could see where you're about to go. I could, I could <laughs> hear your next word. It, I'm going to go slightly off script. I need to mention ESG here. And do you do you fear there's a bit of a, a vagueness around ESG that there isn't around the green space per se, and that we that, that, that we run the risk of others, not ourselves, clearly running off and sort of sullying the space. Oh, that is off script, isn't it? No, so so uh, there's an interesting point. The terminology that we use on this topic, you know, I have there just been flipping around between ESG and sustainable and green. Um, my personal view on this is that climate change is the best understood of these risk points and probably um, to most the most pressing um, in terms of regulatory and government action. Um, But I think the ultimate goal has to be considering the UN Sustainable Development Goals and putting in place a a sustainable risk management framework that ultimately captures all of those things. But, you know, this this is a new... This is a new space, this is a new focus, um, and to be able to build an effective risk management framework about climate risk is a good starting point to then, you can then build out beyond that to the other sustainable development goals that the UN have set out. Um, So I think clarity, again, is very important. Um, I also think when I'm talking to clients, start with one point, start with climate risk, start with the risk that matters to you and has an impact on you, and then you can build that framework out and your understanding and your knowledge over time. Because let's be honest, this is a huge topic and there's a lot of learning to be done over the coming years for companies to be able to truly understand, understand those risk types and respond to them. Uh, I was, it was nice to go off script there. It was some really juicy material, I suppose. And in terms of, you know, you had yours given these a, a one-on-one exercise in what the board needs to be looking at in terms of these factors. So again, thinking out loud, I can hear the commission prison model coming out with its 14 different <laughs> risk factors, you know, and you can see how that might work. But in terms of the assessment of risk, we published our principles for the Guernsey Green principles for private equity last year. But yeah. the- to make it a board level responsibility yeah. and yet for sure tcfd makes it mandatory or will make it mandatory in certain types of financial institutions but for others you know it's all about the board and it's all about governance 
Oh, it's, 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 it's both. It's, it's top down and bottom up. So, um, yeah, absolutely the board has to start asking the right questions about climate risk and sustainable risks now. Um, but there has to be, back to our, you know, our fiduciary topics, a level of understanding across the business to be able to respond to these risks and opportunities. Um, so I think it comes from, from both directions. Okay, well, uh, I'll stay off that because that was some, that was some tasty material, actually. Uh, uh, you know, um, gristle for another day. So, but Indeed. Um, one of the topics we're talking, we've, we've talked about, and we've just mentioned it before, is the, is the need to upskill, the need to disappear. Um, and we've been discussing a lot with the with the UN's um, the FC4S body that we're members of, the Finance Centre for Sustainability, and the research that they've been. Uh, shortly publishing, talking about the lack of, or the concern people have about knowledge and skills in this area. We've been talking about the clients uh, from the perspective, be it the family office, be it the uh, the owner of private wealth, but from the provider, the service provider perspective. Do you also see it as a as a, as a key issue? Do you, in terms of a strategic uh, gap analysis, edge of the skills required within the organisation of Deloitte, and what do you feel, find yourselves looking at internally? Uh, to be doing to sort of upskill yourselves to service the future? Yeah, it's an interesting point. I mean, I know the UN um, have done a survey recently on on skills and knowledge and, and universally the response has been that, that we need to have more technical skills globally uh, to support the transition. Um, and I don't suppose that's a great deal different in Guernsey, but I do know that you know from the working party that we we work on together, sitting around the table there, we've got some extraordinary expertise on Ireland, um, some really in-depth investment expertise, um, some you know very motivated legal expertise. You know, I myself draw on an incredible team with superb credentials in London uh, to support me in the work that I do, um, and uh, and so whilst those those resources and those expertise aren't necessarily straight in front of us um, I think they are available to tap into and to support those businesses that, that want to move forwards on this topic. And talking about moving forward I'm going to move back to move forward now if you go back to our sustainable finance week in June uh, which was around again the topic of you know, private capital finance and sustainability we, um, we were very fortunate in, in to have um, uh, Tim Hames, who had been Director General of the BBCA from 2014 to 2019, a good friend of the islands, um, come in and actually sort of do a, a post-match analysis report, as it were, and, and map out a few different areas that maybe we could work on ourselves. This is, you know, as in a further contribution of Guernsey Green Finance to climate change mitigation or the goal of climate change, change mitigation. Um, there are a couple of points we're probably working on, and your your party to 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 that. To that um, uh, to, to that uh, to that project, I was wondering whether you want to maybe give you, an, you know, maybe giving our listeners an insight into a couple of the things we're working on into twenty twenty one. You know, COP twenty six agenda, but you know, uh, again, yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, I'll never let you answer the question, will I? No, you've got to stop talking so I can, Andy. <laughs> um, yes, there are two two great ideas that were discussed as part of um, kind of next steps on our strategy. The first is this information asymmetry point um, that we referred to earlier when talking about fiduciary duties. So, you know, what what is it in this sea of information about ESG and sustainable investment returns that we're going to be able to look to 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 give the fiduciary sector and private wealth sector the confidence to make the um, move to sustainable investment and still be able to generate returns, um, the reasonable returns for their clients. So, you know, I think it, it would be fantastic if, if we in Guernsey and 
particularly going to finance, were able to provide a kind of consolidated summary view of the research out there about returns. Um, obviously, the uh, basis upon which you do that will make a difference to the answer that you arrive at. But again, being clear about the terms that we're, we're consolidating on. So is it short, medium, long term? You know, what sort of investments are we considering as part of that, that research? But just to be able to provide something to to our industry and and to users of Guernsey's financial products, I think would be a, you know, a fantastic contribution mm. and move the discussion forwards considerably. Um, the other element is looking at the private equity industry. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very aware that in making their investment decisions and equally importantly, in their ex exit decisions, that a lot of our private equity clients are considering ESG factors and uh, building that into their investment process. But I think the, the industry has an opportunity to go one step further. Um, and I know you, know you and I spoke to Tim about this, and there seems to be some positive feedback about structuring um, PE terms for the longer-term nature of climate risks and what we can do there to support our PE clients in and, um, you know, contributing capital uh, to climate mitigation over the longer term. Yeah, and that, that sort of that conversation where we were talking about about the investment horizons and matching the the, the demand for LPs to, to hold assets or hold investments for the, the sort of the time horizon that's necessary to fund climate change mitigation. So it's a big thing for us. Hopefully, you know, to take into twenty six, sorry, COP twenty six in twenty twenty one. So um, yeah, I mean, what's this space? I mean, we're hopefully we'll, as a jurisdiction, we're you know, uh, you know, fingers crossed, be able to you know contribute something more to, to what was already been quite a you know uh, quite an outsized contribution, quite frankly. Absolutely. Now, at least I'm going to end on a, a quick. I, I said I wouldn't do this, but I'm going to because I'm I'm, I'm 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 a cheeky elf like that. Um, a bit of your backstory. I give the opportunities to everyone that comes on here to sort of like, how did you get into this thing? You know, what what is, you know, what is in your background? What is it you make up in your DNA that you ended up in the sort of saving the polar bears and, and the human race ultimately? So, you know, I mean, how do you get into the sustainable finance agenda, Sally? I obviously risk and regulation, which is which is what I've historically occupied myself with, um, lends itself well to this topic. You know, at the end of the day, as I said before, uh, sustainability risk is is another risk type, and the same sensible approach applies to it. Um, but this this. Um, this service and these discussions that I am lucky enough to have with other industry players and clients um, and colleagues is really a, just a wonderful opportunity for me to bring my professional um, skills together with you know a desire to do more you know to to get past the mercenary life of financial services um, and help build doing good into into what we do and I think in the financial services industry has done so much over the last few years and is, is ready to, to do more to support that transition to net zero. And I am really keen to play my, my role in that. And actually, interestingly, having seen the letter by 400 uh, ladies um, of considerable expertise to the COP26 president, it'll be interested to see if there is more female representation in the COP26 as we, uh, as we move towards the end of 2021. I really hope there is. Um, so yes, bringing bringing diversity of thought and and supporting our clients is, is a real opportunity for me. I, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. Letter. I must uh, I must check it out. I mean, um, you know, absolutely right. I mean, you know, there's you can have diversity for diversity's sake, but actually, the diversity has real value 
mm. both in terms of you know um, sex, race, ethnicity, all, all, all sorts of yeah, uh, absolutely attributes. So yeah, I mean, I you know think that's a perfect end to the year, except one final one. Yeah, looking forward next year again, unscripted. What do you see as sort of maybe one of the big one two things we could maybe watch out for? And if I'm, I'm just not allowing you to have COP26 necessarily, but you know, no. what's the big your big positive to end, end the year on? Well, I, I am so thrilled um, that the US are back into the Paris Agreement. Um, they, that that means that we've seen many headlines recently about having a genuine prospect of limiting climate change to two degrees centigrade by 2050. Now that the US are back in, uh, and that China has committed to net zero by 2060. So you know this this topic is a hard one, isn't it? I've heard the phrase stubborn optimism recently, and you do need stubborn optimism uh, to believe that we're going to get there because there's so much that needs to be done. But, you know, I think those two pieces of, of news mean that 2021 is going to be a genuine opportunity for us to set out a roadmap um, at national level and global level to, to the significant changes we need to make to get those um, emissions down by 2030 and net zero by 2050. So, 2021, a year of action, without doubt. Um, coincidental, the COP26 is part of it, but I think it, it's going to have to be a year of action for everybody involved in this topic. Um, and I really look forward to Guernsey playing its part in that. Yeah, I mean, um, I sort of, uh, sort of try to get you to the to that end point, which is perfect to sort of end on in terms of the the collaborative spirit we need for uh, for this agenda. And you mentioned it before. My takeaway was actually to come out with a. You know, the collaborative spirit we have here in Guernsey. You know, you, mm. you, you sort of, we, we live here, you sort of look around, you've got a broad horizons, and sometimes you can miss what's right under your nose. But it's been really you know, a, a great session to end the year on in terms of our podcast, just to sort of recap what it is we've been doing, you know, to help the cause of mitigating climate change, what, you know, what, what we've been doing to promote the cause of sustainability. And that collaborative spirit here, I think, is something that we can... You know, perhaps um, if we could bottle it up and sell it, we'd make a fortune, clearly. But, you know, but to be able to pass on and, uh, and share uh, with others. In talking of sharing, so it's been great to, to share your, your views today. Um, and again, uh, sort of maybe sort of taking a step back, and sometimes I miss this, but the thing that for me to pick up on really was the fact that this agenda is all, you know, it's all about the basics of risk management, um, and, and the core building blocks of good governance, you know, around which you know we're going to have to build the greenhouse. The greenhouse is going to need strong foundations. And if I, you know, a takeaway, it may be a bit self-serving at the end of the year, but you know, in terms of what Guernsey can provide in terms of that strong governance and risk management allied to that, you know, that private wealth expertise, you know, and applying it to the sustainability agenda is something that we can take forward and be a force for global good in 2021. So I'll end that on a, you know, end on that. I say thank you ever so much, Danny. It's been a fantastic year working with you and, uh, and everybody else that's on the Guernsey Green Finance uh, Group. Uh, obviously, time precludes mentioning them all because uh, we'll be here for another half an hour. It's been it's a long and deep uh, group of committed individuals and, 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 and firms and institutions. So thanks so much again to Sally for her, your time again and your insights today. Um, we've got quite a bit back catalogue, as I mentioned at the start of interviews and panel discussions on the Guernsey Green Finance podcast channel now. 
check them out by searching for Guernsey Green Finance wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us at guernseygreenfinance.org and weareguernsey.com. Interact with us on Twitter at gsygreenfinance and at weareguernsey. We also have links to Sally and Deloitte's social media in our show notes. So do check these out to hear more from Sally. We'll be back in the new year with the next edition of the Guernsey Green Finance podcast. But in the meantime, have a pleasant holidays. Take care now.